Hello, everyone. This is Karan from San Francisco. And this is Alex from Los Angeles. Welcome to Movies That Shaped Us, a journey of self-discovery through a shared love of film. And Karan and I are two longtime friends, grew up on opposite ends of the globe, very different backgrounds, both shaped and are still being shaped by the movies we love and see. So in each episode, we'll cover a topic around important people, places, events, and moments in our lives, and then explore it through three of our favorite movies. And we won't be sharing any of these lists in advance, so you'll get to react along with us as we learn about each other through the selected movies we choose. So we hope these movies and the topics are fun and relevatory to you, just like they've been to us. And uh, Karan, why don't you tell listeners what we'll be talking about today? What's the topic? All right. Uh, Today's topic is movies that shaped our work experiences. And what that really means to us is movies that we associate with memorable work moments and milestones, uh, you end up spending a ton of time working. And so we really felt that this was a topic that would be interesting to kind of get into. Just for context, both Alex and I work in the tech industry on the business side, though we didn't start with these with this as uh, as, as early in our career. It took us a while to get to the spot, but it's interesting now that we are friends, we are both in the same industry. So that's uh, been fun, actually. Um, Alex, why did we choose this topic from your point of view? And as you were thinking about your top three, what framework did you put in place? Yeah, so as, as you said, um, you know, this, uh, you, most everyone spends most of their time at work versus at home. Um, and to the both of us, you know, careers and our jobs have been important parts of our lives, though not the number one thing. But it's been something, uh, you know, a passion of ours is that that has been developed over time. And uh, I think for me, as I was thinking about the framework, um, I was trying to think back to movies that remind me when I watch them of specific jobs that I've had, um, experiences that I've had at work, I think capture that type of role really well. But then also there have definitely been movies that I think back to when making decisions in my in my work or in my career um, and that movies actually have influenced my career in terms of where I am now and in, in, in getting into uh, the tech industry that um, I do think if I hadn't seen and I hadn't touched me in this way, I might not be where I am today in, in, uh, in my job. What about, uh, what about you? What was your framework? That's fascinating. I can't wait to hear your list. Similar, I would say, for me too. I was also approaching it with the sense of like, what does work mean to me? And to me, it touches on you know, the impact that you're making, it's a lot about problem solving. It's a lot about interpersonal dynamics with the team yourself, the people you report into, um, and as well as sort of, you know, the ups and downs and changes and decisions that you go through. So uh, I almost feel like my framework for this was a bit of a matrix of the journey catalog, but then also all these different themes of what really work means to me. Uh, all right. So with that said, it's time to get into our top three. So Alex, do you want to start with your number three? Sure, sure. Uh, so I'll start with my number three movie that shaped my work experience was the 1994 film Clerks by Kevin Smith. So the IMDb summary here is a day in the life of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies and play hockey on the store roof. Um, So this is a film that uh, I've liked for a really long time. And the reason why I included it on this list, however, was when I started out, my my first job that I had was in um, 
customer service. So I worked, uh, this is the mid nineties, internet 1.0. And I worked at a local ISP doing phone tech support. It was a small startup. So there's only five of us in this, in this office, but um, it was my experience dealing with those customers who would call in. Then I moved into sales. And then another job, which actually the worst job I feel like I've ever had was working in a movie theater uh, behind uh, the concession stand and then the ticket booth. Um, and this movie really, to <laughs> me, captures the dynamic of what it was like for me, at least, to be in these roles, interfacing with customers, and really kind of taught me, I think, why this was not a line of work I wanted to be in, like customer service roles. I mean, interfacing directly with customers. Um, you know, the, the film talks a lot. There's a lot of episodic scenes around weird as a uh, esoteric customers that would come into the convenience store each day. And we definitely had people that would call in a lot into these tech support lines that everyone kind of knew, oh, this is so-and-so he's calling in. Oh, it's him again. Who wants to take, you know, so-and-so because uh, we know kind of how he's, he's going to react. So I think that film really captures that really well. Um, it also showed me how um, these, because in the film, um, the, the two stars, uh, two main characters, they are pretty rude to their customers sometimes and kind of standoffish. And Randall, one of the, the main characters, even has a, a line in the film about, oh, this job would be so great if it wasn't for the customers. Like the customers are there basically to, to annoy them. And you do kind of sometimes get that sense working in these roles. I, mean, I remember being at the, the movie theater and just the way that the, the customers would berate and treat you when you were getting their popcorn or getting their soda or whatever just really did... Um, yeah, make you kind of be annoyed with them in a way instead of what you're supposed to be doing is, uh, you know, giving them uh, great customer service because they're there, you know, you're serving them. But the way that they would sometimes act, it would bring something out in, in me, though I didn't necessarily act on it in the way that they do in the film in terms of being so rude and kind of playing pranks in their customers. But I definitely saw that uh, with other people, especially in the theater in terms of how they would, they would treat folks. Um, and another thing I think this film does a really good job of capturing and Kevin Smith, who's the writer director worked in a convenience store. I think you can definitely tell how authentic this is, is just the, the dialogue and sort of the banality of what you would talk about with your coworkers. I mean, both of these roles in a, you know, a internet startup and then a movie theater, they're basically just all nerds who were there. Internet company was all these like, you know, computer nerds. And then the movie, it was a bunch of like movie nerds. So you would be talking about a lot of the really basically stupid things all day just to pass the time. Like they were in this movie of talking about, Oh, what, you know, there's another famous scene I like in the film where they're talking about, um, Oh, what about in the, in the star Wars movie, all those construction workers on the second death star and return of the Jedi, did they deserve to get killed too? I mean, these are the kind of the conversations that you have in these roles just to pass the time. So what I think about this role or this, this film and what it does to me is it really does bring me back every time I see it to what it was like working in these, you know, customer facing retail roles uh, for better or for worse, and really did remind me of why that was not uh, something I was very good at and enjoyed as a career. And I definitely did not pursue, you know, retail or customer service as something uh, in, in my career. So that, that film again, transports ports me right back to that. I think does a great job of capturing that type of type of work that I started my career off doing. Fascinating. Have, uh, have you I seen have no idea that you were in these jobs yeah. before. <laughs> so this is good to know. I have not seen this movie. I've heard of it. I obviously know who Kevin Smith is, so I really can't comment much on the movie per se. But but yeah, I mean, the service industry is probably one of the hardest industries. Um, For sure. You know, in general, and, and especially you know, going through a time of pandemic over the last year, and in some ways still this year, it sort of, I think, upped my empathy for folks in this line of work even more because in some ways, 
you know, when the world was falling apart, this group of people was still standing tall um, and dealing with just the craziness of this industry to begin with. But then on top of that, the neurosis of people, you know, living through this crazy time of shortages and, you know, all the stuff that we all are very familiar with. So, so yeah, uh, also good, I guess, good choice that you didn't uh, stick to that. Um, yeah, though, would not be doing this podcast. <laughs> that's true, though, though, in, in terms of what you were just saying as well, like it does, I think it really helped me those roles of understanding where the people on the other line are coming from when you're on the phone talking to customer service. Like I, I know like what that's like and, and definitely don't, um, you, you know, yell at those people. It's not like their fault when something's wrong. Like I under, I've been in their shoes and I definitely know what that's like. And it's a hard job. It really is dealing with people that do yell at you for no reason, just because they're having a bad day. And you can tell that sometimes when you're on the other line um, taking these calls. And it definitely did help me have that empathy for people in, in these service roles. Um, and that, again, this film kind of puts you in that mindset, but I can also think back to what it was like to be there too. Um, so definitely the empathy was something that's important. Were you, have you ever done a service job or, uh, anything relating to this? Not really. I probably should. Um, at various jobs, I think I, we had programs where, you know, folks on the business side were requested to kind of sit in on customer service calls, just to kind of understand the customer pain point and such. And I got a taste of, you know, how awful that was, but that's really my only direct experience. Well, if you watch the film, that'll help you, I think, get in, <laughs> get in those shoes a bit. So uh, cool. Uh, what is your number three? All right. So my number three is The Martian. The Martian is from 2015. Uh Quick summary description, an astronaut becomes stranded on Mars after his team assumes he's dead and he must rely on his ingenuity to find a way to signal to Earth that he's alive. Directed by Ridley Scott, written by Drew Goddard and Andy Weir, who wrote the book, starring Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, and a whole bunch of great people. Um, So I put this pick here because I watched this movie right when I moved back to San Francisco after a pretty long stretch of time in LA, about six years, which is sort of where Alex and I met. Um, And this was kind of a plan in the making over the last few years that, oh, you know, I would love to go back to San Francisco because I went to grad school there. And there's something that just felt like was calling me. And I'll probably get into a little bit more on that in some of my other picks as to what it was and why. But this was the first movie I saw once I was settled in in San Francisco in my new job, my new apartment. And I don't know, I associate this movie with that feeling of elation that, oh, I'm back here. I'm working on something very interesting and very cool. And I think the reason why I did that, because this movie in many ways is a problem solving movie. Matt Damon's character is doing that on his own. He's doing that with the team members who are on Earth or on the other spaceship. You see lots of people huddled in rooms trying to problem solve, understand each other, and sort of really work towards a common goal of bringing him back to Earth. And in his case, just trying to survive and see another day, which to me is what work is. When when I have good days or good weeks at work, this is what I take back home you know, at the end of Friday night that, oh, we really sort of sat together, brainstormed and solved problems and 
you know, created something that could potentially have a lot of impact and meaning. And then of course, when you get those results, you know, that's sort of the cherry on the cake. So yeah, this movie sort of kind of summarizes that for me. Uh, it also summarizes the camaraderie you build with your teammates because nothing is done no matter what position and role you're in. This is a team sport. And I think this movie really exemplifies that everybody has to bring their A game no matter where you're at on the totem pole. And it's interesting, like watching uh, interviews of Ridley Scott and the cast and such about the making of the movie. I'll never forget this, that Ridley Scott said that, oh yeah, it was very easy to make this movie. You know, you write everything up, you map it all out and you go shoot it. It sort of shows, you know, when people know what they're doing and have the right team surrounded, you know, besides them, it's easy. Uh, not saying it's easy every day, but in general, it's easy, you know? So I think it's interesting. There's a bit of a meta quality to this movie in that aspect. Um, and then, you know, this movie also touches on aspects of loneliness and and sort of changing dynamics of power struggles, between, you know, with the corporation and such, which is very much part of work as well. At least I've experienced that. Um, and in this time, even though I was excited to be back in San Francisco, I'd spent six years in LA away from the people I knew. So there was this juxtaposition of excitement as well as loneliness in my own town in a way, in a new job where people seem cool, but I don't really know them super well. So I think this, this movie kind of touches on that as well. Um, so yeah, just all in all a brilliant movie. I watched it several times after that. Uh, just a super tight script. Everything just comes together. Matt Damon is amazing. I don't think he'd done anything that compelling in a while. Oscar nomination, very well deserved in my mind. Um, and the last thing I would mention is that in pre preparation for this list, I watched this movie again a few days ago. And now it has a whole other meaning because of the pandemic, because this character is literally stuck alone trying to figure stuff out. So I feel like I have to process that detail separately, but but yeah, that's my number three, The Martian. I'm sure you've seen it, Alex. Yeah, this is a great film. I mean, I definitely echo all the things you said. It, it's interesting though, um, I never really looked at this through the lens of work and it, and it actually is a great like learning and team building. I mean, I'm almost thinking like next team outing or whatever it's like we should all my myself and my coworkers like watch this movie because it is really like yes there is this dynamic when you're working that you do feel like sometimes you're solving all these problems by yourself but in actuality like it's really everyone um there's an entire team you know makes decisions makes great products uh, makes uh you know great uh, great things happen for your customers so even though there is a very alone and isolating part of work there is that team dynamic and really everyone has to pull together like they do in that film um to get uh Matt Damon home uh, to get him back to back to earth. Um, and there's a sense of duty, but there's also a sense of, they just want to solve this problem. Um, and that is a lot of what, if a lot of what work is as well is problem solving. I agree with you. Like a, the best work experience I've had have been great teams that solve problems together. Um, and I think just remembering that uh, you're not alone when you're solving these problems, like Damon has to to, to feel, even though he know he can't communicate him many times in the film with anyone back home, he knows that they're there and they're working with him. And that's definitely something uh, that, that I admire. And again, the best experiences I've had with my coworkers. So this is actually a great movie. I feel like for, you know, corporate, uh, 
you know, uh, offsites and things to watch the Martian. That's an interesting angle too. You mentioned around the pandemic too. I mean, I, I've seen this film several times in theater, I think even twice, uh, but haven't not seen it since the pandemic happened. And I think there's a whole other layer you can for sure put onto this film uh, because of that sense of isolation that everyone kind of felt um, and having to communicate with people you, you know, and you love virtually, which Damon has to do throughout that entire film uh, when he's on, uh, on, on stranded there. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a fantastic film that I think really uh, will stand the test of time. Yeah. And just problem solving too, right? Like living alone, the problems were around work, but also the problems were on survival. Right. And I feel like no other movie does such a good job in uh, involving and looping in the audience in the problem solving journey. Cause often that can be quite removed and boring and, you know, by just growing potatoes or trying to sort of warm himself up with the radiator or nuclear thing that he has, or all of that stuff is just kind of brilliant. Um, all right. So, from space to your number two. Yeah, so I, um, I guess I can do a connection here from space to cyberspace in a way. Um, so my number <laughs> two is uh, the 2010 film Social Network by David Fincher, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake. Uh, IMDb summary, as Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg creates the social networking site that will become Facebook, he's sued by the twins who claimed he stole the idea and the co-founder who was later squeezed out of the business. Um, so this is a film I saw in theaters, a big David Fincher fan. Um, I, I want to say before getting into my thoughts here that, you know, it's obviously based on a real life person and uh, a f- real life company and story, but I'm kind of, I want to put all that aside, especially considering this is 10 years after this movie was made. So I'm trying to divorce myself from uh, a lot of my thoughts on Mark Zuckerberg, the person and talk about, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the character and different things in this movie that resonate with me. And uh, to me, what, at the time when I saw this film, um, the two things that, that spoke to me in it, first of all, I think it does capture in certain aspects uh, really well the tumultuous experience of being at an early stage startup. I've been in two startups in my life. Once in high school, there was a late stage pre-IPO startup that ended up going bust in the dot-com bust of 2000. And then a pre-seed startup after I graduated from business school with like four or five other people that also then went bust too. So it, it does capture a little bit of, a bit of that, uh, that that I think does does well and reminds me of those times. But for me, what, what the crux of this film and, and really what how I use this to help guide me in my career is around what motivates people um, to make decisions and, and uh, career choices and what motivates them in, in their work. And I think what this film does well is show the the darker side of some of these motivations. Um, there's one particular scene that I think, I think back to this actually a lot uh, when I'm sort of put in similar-ish situations. Uh, it's a scene uh, where Justin Timberlake, who plays uh, Sean Parker, who's a, who's a successful um, internet startup uh, figure, you know, founded Napster. So his character is talking to uh, Mark Zuckerberg and they're in this nightclub um, and Mark Zuckerberg plays with Jesse Eisenberg. They're in this nightclub and it's the way that Fincher does this scene, the, the colors, the lights, the sounds, very loud sounds, all these people dancing around and the way that they're framing uh, uh, Justin Timberlake in this scene is like, he's the devil tempting Mark Zuckerberg into this pact, into this deal of, oh, you can get rich and get all the women and all these things. And he's explaining how he started Napster just to get back at a girl um, and his motivation was that of revenge. And now look at all these riches that he has. And he has this power and all these things. 
None of this stuff was about, oh, the great products he created or the value for customers or thinking about any of that stuff. It was all about himself and getting that power, which Mark Zuckerberg's character in this film too, he starts Facebook to mock other women at, at Harvard. It's not about providing value. It's, it's to enact revenge and he wants power. And it's not really even for him about the money either. You know, he grew up wealthy, even middle-class wealthy background. It was never about rags to riches for Mark Zuckerberg. There was something else there for him in this film. And I think this movie just encapsulates that moment when he is tempted to go after the power um, and make those decisions about how he craves, you know, there's even in that, there's a line in that scene too, where, oh, you want to be the guy to hand them a business card saying, I'm the CEO, bitch. Like it's all about power for, for Sean Parker. And uh, again, the way that this scene is done is much like you sign your soul away. And for me, I think back to that a lot when it's like, I, those things do not motivate me. And when I'm placed in decisions at jobs or to take jobs or to move on in my career. It's never about the power. That's not what motivates me. I want to be around great people, my teammates, the opportunity to solve interesting problems, to create great solutions for customers that, you know, the value in the world. And it's not at all what drives me. And, and I think back to the scene a lot when I'm put in a situation where I feel like, oh, I might be tempted a little bit by some of these other things, money, power, you know, prestige in the industry, quote unquote, fame, all these sorts of things that I think are the darker sides of, of career. And some people that is what motivates them. And I don't think this film necessarily passes judgment on that just exposes you to that, uh, to that angle of career development. Um, and again, I think that scene does it really masterfully well, but for me, those are things that do not motivate me. But I think back to that, that movie, especially that scene sometimes when I'm in those positions. Um, so it still resonates with me, especially for that, through that lens, uh, today, 10 years later, putting everything else that's happened in the world and with Facebook aside. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my, my number two film. What are your thoughts on uh, social network, Karan? <laughs> well... This is my number two as well. Oh, hey now. <laughs> Great. So yeah, let's, uh, let's start the, just, why, why don't you then start with your thoughts on it and then we can discuss how each of us, this movie touched each of us. So yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on social network? Yeah. Um, no. So for me, the reason why this movie is on the list is because I think I referred in my number three explanation that there was a time when I was in LA where I was sort of feeling a little bit unfulfilled in my career journey and felt that there was more. And it just seemed to me in my head that if I really want to make impact and if I really want to create something with really smart people or what have you, maybe the San Francisco is the place that I want to go back to. And, and But I was sort of in this back and forth space in my head. And then I watched this movie and what really struck me was just the power of creating something and being entrepreneurial and taking risks, whatever the motivations might be, whatever the drivers might be, just the power of creating something and having that kind of impact just felt really inspirational to me. Uh, and in many ways that kind of, I think helped me make that solid decision that, okay, I need to go back to San Francisco, not necessarily surround myself with the character archetypes in this movie, uh, but it, it, it did sort of lure me in that sense and kind of seal the deal. So that was sort of the big resonance, resonating point for me. But then all the other stuff you said as well was, I remember thinking days and days after I watched this movie of, 
the cost that you have to incur on that journey of being entrepreneurial or creating something great, no matter what that thing might be. And it's interesting, at the time I watched the movie, that cost to me was of personal relationships, friendships, and just sort of doing right by people that you are working with. That is something just like you said, is very important to me. So it was kind of a cautionary tale in that sense that, yeah, you could have a lot of impact on something because at that time, everybody was on Facebook and, and using it, you know, like crazy, including myself. Um, but there was a cost to it. Of course, since then, we've discovered that the cost is much bigger. The cost really was the cost of humanity. It's just way beyond your personal circle. So that I think has been very interesting to kind of ponder on as time has gone by. The other thing I would say is that my other dilemma with this movie was Fincher himself. Like my gateway into movies has been about sort of spontaneity, you know, people following their instincts and and the magic happens. And if you have done a good job in putting together a vision and a tight script, then the actors show up and stuff happens. And of course, the director's hand is in there all the way. That's sort of my perception of movies. And hearing, you know, tales of Fincher taking whatever, 57, 79 takes of every single scene, at that time, really sort of bothered me. I'm like, oh, how can you work like that? And I just tried to draw parallels to that in my own work life that, oh, imagine if I made my team do one tiny thing over and over again, or the people who made me do that, oh, here's a presentation that we're putting together and, you know, digging in that hole of making that one single slide absolutely perfect. That is not how I operate. To me, they're larger themes at play. Um, and there's a balance, of course, in everything. So I remember wrestling with that. And it's, once again, it's interesting that over time, I've come to really appreciate his way of working and, and just hearing other actors who work with Fincher talk about what that does to them. And it's not for everybody, uh, but it unlocks this sort of sense of just being so bone tired, playing that over and over again, that it just becomes second nature. So a very interesting thing, which I also wrestle with. So this, again, there's like a meta commentary on how the movie was made and what it's saying about just, you know, creating something. Um, but all in all, I think this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just so well done from the script to the performances, the score uh, got me into so many new people like uh, uh, Rooney Mara, I never really paid attention to um, uh, Atticus and what's his name, Atticus and uh, what's this people who did the score? Uh, uh, it's gonna drive me crazy, but oh wow, yeah, those nine guys. inch nails, yeah, yes, blanket. Uh, now I'm blanking out of his name too, yeah, exactly, yeah. So yeah, that's why this is on my list uh, of an inspirational movie, but also a bit of a cautionary tale. You know, it's interesting hearing, you know, us both put this at our number two from kind of different angles. And I think it also yeah. speaks to what this film does so well. Like it is definitely a inspiring in the sense of uh, that startup culture, that San Francisco hustle, um, that uh, entrepreneurial drive. 
you know, in a way I feel like with our generation, with the internet, especially internet 2.0, like this, the rise when, when Zuckerberg uh, ascended to his throne, you know, this, the, the tech industry and, and being at these startups was sort of like the new rock stars in a way. Like I think our, you know, a lot of kids, maybe 40 years ago, they were inspired by a band and then they'd pick up guitar. And that was sort of the, the, the center of, of culture for, for the youth. And tech really is, I feel, in a way, for our generation. And I think this film captures that really well. And I just know anecdotally, a lot of friends that I know or acquaintances, they talk about this movie as, oh, this made me want to go start my own company or get mm -hmm. into the, an industry, which is cool that it has that effect for sure. And I think, again, what is so great about this film is it shows both that positive and it is inspiring, but then also shows that, well, what do you have to give up? Um, to, and how far would you go, you know, cause there are awfully people in that film or characters, which, you know, are real life people. So I'll use those interchangeably, but that they don't want to cross a certain line to go a certain way. And, and Mark keeps pushing and pushing and pushing that, um, which, uh, is interesting. And, and I think I like how your parallels too, to just Fincher's production style. I mean, it's in a way, I feel like he's the Stanley Kubrick 2.0 inheritance of his methodology. Cause he was very much the same way, you know, wanted, a lot of takes to drill down to the truth. He had to wear his actors down and everyone down to then find something that he felt was truthful as opposed to then other styles, which are much more spontaneous, um, which, you know, is a way of working uh, and, um, you know, for better or for worse. So like you said, some actors like it, some don't produces great work, but then also sometimes not great work depending on who, who does it. But that was interesting that you, you think back to the behind the scenes of what Fincher styles like and how that, um, inspires your work to either, you know, do that or, or not do that. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, great. So I, I think, uh, we're on to then uh, we've done here. Number two, we've had the same one on to my number one. Um, so it's, this film was, uh, also from 1994, like my first or my number three choice. It is uh, swimming with sharks, which is a film from 94. Like I mentioned, uh, Kevin Spacey, Frank Whaley in it, uh, directed by George Huang. IMDb summary is a young, naive Hollywood studio assistant finally turns the tables as an incredibly abusive producer boss. So a bit of a background on why this is on the list for me. So I was at one time pursuing getting into Hollywood on the creative side uh, at a studio or at a, uh, to be a producer and had worked for three years every summer and then also during the school year doing internships at small production companies, medium ones, large studios as an assistant, um, which is what this movie is around, what it's like to be a, an actual assistant in Hollywood. And I think this movie captures that to a T. Um, uh, now, I will caveat as well. I didn't have a lot of these experiences and things they show in the, in the film. I didn't deal with personally, but I saw. And as all my assistant friends, they would talk about these things of getting yelled at all the time being treated like garbage, getting things thrown at them. Constantly, your, your boss is making you feel like nothing more than trash. And that is how they, they treat these assistants. Um, and this movie, again, great. Kevin Spacey's fantastic at playing a very, very abusive boss, verbally, physically, um, and making his uh -huh. assistant... Touché. <laughs> exactly. Making his, uh, making his assistant um, feel like, like trash. I mean... I, uh, you know, getting yelled at for using the wrong coffee uh, sweetener, the, you know, the holes in the script aren't aligned correctly, like all these different things that really don't matter. Anything about the job. It's not like, oh, your, your analysis on this film was bad. It's like everything else beyond the job. And you're also having to do 
personal errands. You know, I was planning birthday parties for kids, booking family vacations to Europe and getting, making sure I had the right room with the view and making sure the breakfast came out at the right time. All these things that really had nothing to do with my particular, uh, you know, passion for being a, a creative executive at a studio. And that, that is what this was like. And it really is a lot about this attitude similar to uh, fraternities where you were treated like trash. Now you're in power. So then you have to treat your sub uh, underlings like trash too, because you went through the same thing. Um, and the philosophy that Kevin Spacey talks about in this movie is, look, there's a million people lined up that can do this job. The only way to prove that you really want to do this is to go through this and to give up everything. You know, the, this character, I'm not going to ruin the, the ending of the film, but goes in a very, very dark place. And he has to make extreme sacrifices on friends and family uh, to then eventually get what he wants, which is this power um, of being a, a creative executive in Hollywood. You know, I remember a time too, after I graduated college, when uh, I, you know, wanted to be an assistant, had worked, you know, had a great resume uh, from my internships, uh, went to an interview for a, uh, a B movie producer that, you know, is well known. Um, but I remember showing up and the entire hallway was just filled with people they were interviewing. Like, I was like, whoa, this is like a casting call or something. You know, I get in there with the hiring manager and it's like, you know, a 10 minute kind of conversation. He was explaining to me, oh, you're going to have to fly around the world with this person, but you're going to have to do all of his personal errands and all these things. And, you know, I could, I kind of got the sense he was basically saying, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be treated like, you know, this character wasn't swimming with sharks. And, you know, are you kind of okay with that? And at the time I was like, yeah, you know, I just kind of want the job and he's really impressive with a resume. But it was like a day later, actually, when he was like, great, we'll call you back in two days. But the next day, after actually thinking about this film, too, of like, is this what I want to do? Like, is this the industry I want to be in when you have to sacrifice this and be part of this uh, kind of a non-meritocracy? And I actually called them back and said, forget it. Like, I don't want to I don't want the job. I'm pulling myself out. This is not the direction I want to go in because I don't want to be involved in, in an industry where I have to ladder climb in this way and having to treat people like this, get put up with this kind of stuff. Um, so what I think, uh, you know, the message of this movie is really about like, what are you willing to give it up, give up in your life uh, to, to make it big? Where is your line? And I know the main character puts his line like way beyond what I would ever do. Um, but I think it's a great parable for what at the time, I mean, this was 20 years ago, what it was like to want to quote unquote, make it in Hollywood on, on that side. Um, you know, I think hopefully since then, you know, I'm not in that industry anymore. Um, hopefully since then things have changed with, you know, uh, time's up and a lot of the um, gender-based harassment that's been going on. But I mean, that was going on across the board, um, you know, at all parts of, uh, uh, of the industry, large companies, small. So that's why this film is number one for me. It helped me make this really decision of thinking about, you know what, my line is not going to be where I need to be to be successful in this industry. So I'm just going to walk away. That's fascinating. Wow. I have not seen this movie. It's been on my list for a while. In fact, I think I'm going to make it a point to watch this movie this week because I in general, love movies about movies and specifically this aspect of it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I know from our friendship, we've talked a lot about kind of the weird stories uh, that you are a part of and what you've heard of and such that other people have to go through. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And I don't know, I, I wonder what it is about the creative arts industries where it just seems that the possibilities of something like this happening is higher. I don't know why that is. And I'm sure somebody has done more research in that. I mean, 
this is happening or this has happened or and will hopefully not happen but most likely will happen to a degree across all industries but there's something about the creative arts industries and maybe it's because there're just few few spots like you were saying what the Kevin Spacey character says uh that's sort of what drives us or maybe creative people have this sort of eccentric bone in them that's heightened to a higher degree that you know brings out some of these were like really really terrible behavior patterns so who knows but but yeah it's fascinating well i'm glad that you drew your line <laughs> and sort of turned away from that um and speaking of bosses from hell and people doing made to do all sorts of silly stuff my number one pick is the devil wears prada The Dolores Prada is from 2006. Uh, quick description, a smart but sensible new graduate lands a job as an assistant to Miranda Priestly, the demanding editor-in-chief of a high fashion magazine, starring Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci, directed by David Frankel, uh, and based on a book of the same title. So... The reason why this movie is on my list and at the number one spot is because I watched this movie when I just started my first job after grad school after moving to LA. I'm brand I was brand new in LA. This was my first job in this country and I just felt like though I was working super hard and you know trying to make contacts and connections and spending hours and hours I just was not getting the kind of acknowledgement and the kind of reception that i expected um because i was a little bit sort of fish out of water you know and the fact that i was in a new city from grad school which is a very sort of you know collegial environment i loneliness and sort of you know settling in and such was also playing a big role here and i watched this movie and there's a scene in the movie where Anne Hathaway's character, who's just started as Miranda Priestly's assistant, who's played by Meryl Streep, it's been a few weeks and she's been working hard, but nothing is working. I mean, Meryl Streep doesn't even call her by Anne Hathaway's character's name; she calls her Emily. I mean, she's totally sort of invisible in that sense. Um, and there's this pivotal moment where Meryl Streep wants her Anne Hathaway to have her fly back from Miami, and she can't. find a flight for her cuz it's raining hard and she's very upset cuz she misses her kids recital the next morning uh Meryl Streep's character and so another sort of storms out and runs into Stanley Tucci and sort of says that what am i doing wrong I'm, i seem to be doing everything and yet i'm not sort of hitting you know anywhere really and and he sort of gives her a wake up call and he sort of says to her that you think you're working hard but really you're just whining wake up early get your shit together think about why you are here what your outcomes are and don't be surprised that she doesn't give you a gold star at the end of the day for what you're doing and i think it sort of shook me out of my mode that i was in that oh this is a new space i don't have the tools that you know people expect me to have so i have to work extra hard in figuring out the right communication tools and 
you know, written tools to kind of communicate and convey and get buy-ins on the things that I want. It's not just about good ideas or working hard. Uh, there's so much of it has to come with just communication and, you know, whatever those tools are. And I think this movie was a bit of a wake up call for me in that sense. And then the second aspect of this movie Yes, there's a lot of bad treatment of sort of what assistants are made to do. I also kind of walked away feeling that this movie really celebrates people who are damn good at their jobs. Like Meryl Streep, you probably would not want to work with or work for Miranda Priestly, but she knows every inch of runway, that magazine that she, she works for. And it's fun to see Anne Hathaway's character's journey uh, from sort of not wanting to be at this job, you know, being totally lost under fire to then being really good at it. And I think there's something really amazing and uplifting about seeing people good at what they do. And so this movie is also now over time become a bit of a, when I'm feeling low at work, this movie weirdly is a pick me up movie uh, for me uh, from a work standpoint, because you really see people doing great, obsessing over details that probably don't matter to the outside world, famously Lapis versus Cerulean. Uh, I don't even know these are shades of blue, but you know, thanks to the movie, <laughs> now I know that. Uh, so that sort of is in there too. And then there's an interesting sort of parallel of again, the cost of doing well at work. And in this movie, it's about Anne Hathaway kind of, you know, not having the time to be with her friends or her boyfriend and those personal relationships are sort of falling by the wayside. Um, And I remember watching that and sort of feeling that, oh, this is probably a bit of a cautionary tale sort of thing here. And when I was doing well at my job and I didn't have the time for friends and such, I just remember saying to myself that, oh, Karan, you're crossing to the dark side because there's like a dialogue in the movie of that kind, you know. But over the years that I've watched this movie more and more, my perspective has changed on it. Yes, you have to strike balance, but the movie and her friends and her boyfriend are also kind of jerks who actually don't appreciate what she's doing and the hard work that she's putting in. In fact, now this movie to me is that, oh yeah, the people who you love in your life, you have to support them, you know, when they're at work going through hard times, but also when they're digging deep to find something bigger, because you have to push uh, if you want something out of what you're doing and you have to support people you love in the right way. So it's interesting how that kind of narrative has shifted uh, over time for me. And then the last thing I would say that is just, a super entertaining movie, quotable lines all over the place, a great introduction to a whole new world. I had no idea what the fashion world really entails and great performances by everybody. And last but not the least, sort of the beginning of my obsession with Meryl Streep, sort of, I think this was the first movie of hers that I watched. And then I you know, watch Julie and Julia and sort of said, oh, this is the same person playing these two roles, crazy. And then sort of went back and watched everything that she's ever done. But I really think that the reason, at least I think that the reason Meryl Streep is in the cultural consciousness the way she is, it's because of this movie. Because it sort of launched her back into pop culture 
in a way and people sort of took note of that oh yeah this is not just a great technical actor who's a master of accents and all of that like this person can really command a movie like this and you know present such a layered uh, portrayal of a character who would be a caricature otherwise totally like this movie does not work if you take her out of it um so yeah that's my number one devil wears prada constant rotation on, in my home on a yearly basis <laughs> yeah th- this is a fantastic film i like this a lot myself i i agree with you in terms of uh, meryl's performance and it is great and it's hard to play a, this character where you do have some sympathy for her even though she's not a great boss or mm-hmm. arguably a good person in various points of it as well but she she, she exposes that softer side um, i think a lot of your points you said around this film too are, are really interesting i mean i there's a lot of parallels between this and that Swim with Sharks film for me. I actually, when I first saw this movie in the theaters um, back when it came out, there was definitely a sense of like PTSD where honestly, like some of the scenes are very hard to watch because I lived through that mm-hmm. same type of, you got to get like that Harry, there's a whole scene in the film where they had to get the Harry Potter manuscript before it comes yeah. out. Like, yeah, you're put in those situations where it's like, what, how am I, how am I supposed to do that? Again, it has nothing to do at all with your job is has something for her kids. So it's like, you're helping out personal things. Like I had to go through those things and I'm just like, this is such BS. Like, again, it's even sometimes now hard for me to watch the film uh, because of some of that PTSD from my time as assistants, various places. Um, But you also, that interesting scene you raised uh, too around like Stanley Tucci. I do think that's a very interesting moment where he provides her that advice, but I think it's actually really good advice of you're not entitled to anything. You got to prove yourself, you know, be strong in your own um, sense of your worth. You don't let any other people affect uh, that, right? If you know you're doing a good job, you don't need that constant, you know, gold stars or, oh, you're doing a great job, that constant affirmation. You need to really have that in yourself. Um, Interesting though, that, uh, you know, there's this parallel scene kind of in uh, Swim with Sharks and how, they explain, because Stanley Tucci in a way in that film is explaining her behavior, right? Of like, oh, uh, Meryl Streep's doing this in a way and you should, you know, react to this and, oh, you know, be true to who yourself is. You know, there's a similar scene in Swimmer Sarks, but they take this, this stance of, you know, Kevin Spacey Bay and saying, look, yeah, I'm going to treat you like trash because it's all about paying your dues. And this is just part of the experience and you just have to take it, um, which is a very different way to look at it. Like, I like Stanley Tucci's advice a lot better, actually. I think it's a lot more... Um, good advice versus just standing there and taking, I don't think you should, you know, deal with that abuse. And that's not at all what Stanley Tucci says. It's more of an affirmation of you and your own self-worth. I think it's just great life advice. Um, You know, I also think that it is a cautionary tale too, of how she throws away various aspects of her life and puts her friends in a romantic life in jeopardy, which I, I personally don't think a career is worth that. And you should be putting work. I love personal relationships, but you do raise an interesting point too, that I didn't realize until several times after I, you know, four or five viewings in that, yeah, her, her friends, especially her romantic partner really do treat her horribly. Um, he's not supportive. He's not. Um, so it's very interesting. Like the movie could have made him uh, sympathetic character where you sort of feel like, yeah, she shouldn't be pushing him away. But instead they give this added dimension of sort of, he's not appreciating her either. Um, so he's also treating her in a way just as poorly as uh, male street character is treating her too, of like not giving her self-worth which is again, another reason why this movie is uplifting in a way, because you have to find that own self-worth within yourself. Even if your boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't feel it, or your boss doesn't feel it, it's about finding that within yourself, which is, I think, really good, uh, 
good life advice. And much like you, I didn't really realize that angle of it until several viewings in. Cause maybe I was, again, so, um, you know, on his side of like, don't put up with this. <laughs> uh, but you really do can see it as like, no, you got to be supportive of, of your friends when, when you don't, even if you don't understand it, if this is her passion, this is what she wants, you know, encouraging her to, to quit is not really the right, uh, empathetic thing, thing to do. Um, no, but I, like I, if she didn't show up on your birthday, right. you're suddenly all upset and, and yeah, maybe a little bit, but you know, not for a whole week, right. it's a little childish. I think it's also because it represents how we as a culture have moved in time. Mm-hmm. I think like this movie, even though it's, you know, from the early 2000s, uh, times have changed quite a bit. And I think even though this movie is showing and, you know, portraying women in positions of power and such, it still probably has one foot in that era of like, yeah, you know, you should still be back home with the boyfriend to celebrate his birthday and help him out. And how dare you, you know, go down your own path. Uh, And I think now we look at that differently because I think the movie is making him and the friends as victims, uh, at least from my point of view. If this movie were made today, I think it'll probably show them, uh, there'll be more nuance to that. Not saying that Anne Hathaway's character is, you know, guilt-free. Like clearly mm-hmm. she could have balanced things better as well. But I think it shows how a culture has, has moved a little bit. No, definitely. I, I hadn't really thought about that film through the lens of gender in the workplace. So definitely next time I, I watch that, I'll have to think about that, that angle on it too. Um, cool. So uh, yeah, and in terms of films that didn't make it, I'll, I'll, I mean, for me, actually, this film almost was on my list as well, just because I related to it so much. Um, and it, it feels like a, a movie about working in Hollywood just as much as it does in fashion. Um, there was also a bunch of movies that I had actually worked on that when I see them put me back into uh, my different uh, roles when I was in, in, at, working in the studios. But, you know, I felt that that wasn't really a great, uh, you know, because it was more personal than it was about the films. Um, Wall Street was another film that uh, to me, again, was about that, what you do, what sacrifices must you make to get power or money or whatever is driving you and as a cautionary tale. Um, And then piggybacking off of your, uh, what you were saying about The Martian, uh, Apollo 13 to me is really a lot about problem solving and team building too, um, which is something I love in my work and uh, in my um, different roles I've had. So that movie, I, I think back to a lot when we're trying to solve a hard problem. Like if they got those astronauts back um, with what they had back in like, you know, the late sixties uh, that uh, we could solve this problem here too. So those are my films that almost didn't make it. What about, what about yours? Yeah, for me, good picks actually. Uh, for me, my honorable mentions were, spotlight (laughs) very different subject but once again i just love the problem solving aspect of people working together and solving something that too in that set in that movie where the stakes are so much higher this is not about a launch of an app this is about people's lives and i I think it's such a brilliant movie so that uh i think working girl is another interesting take on one person finding their own voice at work, but also the cost that comes with it. How far can you go? Where do you draw the line? Um, So yeah, those were some of the movies that didn't make it to my list. Um, Any parting thoughts from you, Alex, or observations or reactions on our lists? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I liked, uh, I thought we both were looking at things through different angles, especially it's always interesting when we have the same film on our list and how we kind of approach that. I think it just shows whenever that does come up again, just to me, it speaks to the power of that film to hit people in many different ways. And that there's not sort of one thing that a, uh, a piece of art is trying to say, even if a director had a single intent or the film has a single intent, the audience is really how their interpretation could be just so vastly different. Um, and then that I think was, uh, was interesting too, even in the parallels and our number one choice and both about assistance treat how bosses are treating them and then the different ways they navigate that and, and find themselves. And, uh, in very, very, I mean, the films are in a way start in the same place, but go in completely different directions when it comes to tone, um, that, uh, I think is an interesting juxtaposition as well. Um, actually I was, I was going to ask, have you been, have you worked in an assistant or any kind of subordinate roles like that before? Or is it just through the films you've kind of experienced that? Yeah, I've never worked in that, that kind of role. So I obviously don't have that degree of PTSD. But, you know, as you're climbing up the ladder, mm-hmm. and no matter where you're at, you always have people above you. And I've definitely had some pretty bad bosses, totally. uh, which has taken me back to these movies and such. But, I mean, honestly, my bar for that is like not super high anyway. So I immediately, I'm like, no, hell no, <laughs> this is not happening. It makes no sense. So, but yeah, I personally, I, I lucked out a little bit that I didn't have a chance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting what you said about how movies, you know, uh, affect people in different ways. Like, I think to me, it felt like a lot of the movies that you had really helped truly shape kind of sort of the boundary uh, box of, you know, how you thought about what you want to do with your life from a career standpoint, which is so fascinating. Um, I, I, I think to me, because I came a little bit late to movies and I wasn't living in a movie town and I didn't sort of aspire to be in the industry upfront, to me, I don't have that kind of a relationship with movies that I've had on my list, but more around how these movies sort of mirrored and mapped where I was at and either pulled me or pushed me. And it's sort of very organic. Like I happened to watch these movies, like The Martian would not be on this list if I had not watched it in that week. Right. You know, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Oh, also funny that you had another space movie on your honorable mention. So, but yeah, uh, I love this topic and I'm so glad uh, we did this and just want to say thank you for our listeners for watching and hope you enjoyed the discussion and learn something about yourself or your work lives. Um, and if not, at the very least, you have uh, a new set of movies to watch. Uh, I certainly do because two of the movies that Alex had, I had not watched. So. Uh, That's our show. Goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Bye.